for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. It's the last part of our preseason elk guide series, and what a series it has been. Everything from tips, best season days, conditioning to situational prep, scouting, and calling. For our final part of the series, we're going to talk about our gear, our setups, what we wear, as well as our modes of travel. And we use a sock in a way most of you had never thought of. Those topics along with our Elk Bros shout outs and questions from our Elk Bros mailbox. So my friends, pull up a chair, adjust your volumes just right, and welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunting, brought to you by ElkBros.com with your host, Gilbert Ornelas and Elk Hunting coach, Joe Gilly. You want to hunt elk? They live to hunt elk. Their goal is to share with you what they have learned grinding it out for over 35 seasons doing what they love. So come on into camp and set a spell. Welcome to Blue Collar Elk Hunters. Hello there, everyone. If it's your first time with us, glad to have you. Hope you enjoy our show. And as always, for those blue-collar hunters following our show and grinding it out with us every week, welcome back to Elk Camp. I'm Gilbert Ornelas coming to you from an undisclosed area in South Louisiana. Uh, it's a beautiful Toledo Bend, I can't lie. And from Katy, Texas, and from the DFW area, that's right, we got the Venezuelan Mafia in the house. And from Cimarron, are your elk hunting coaches WWJGD, what would Joe Gillia do? And Leroy the Ninja Chavez is in the house. What's up, fellas? What's going on, big old? How y'all doing? Just, oh, just, when you, just when you thought you had it sorted with the Venezuelan Mafia leadership, now you just got the J. What would J. Joe J. I can't even say it, man. WWJGD. <laughs> Yeah, man, I can get it right, brother. You know, I, I want everybody to know, if you're hearing Gilbert's sound, uh, when you see the video, this guy is in his truck uh, in the middle of nowhere, outside of a convenience station in the middle of nowhere uh, in southern Oh, so he Indiana. says. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is crazy, man. I mean, this is dedication right here, Gilbert. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, fellas, it took me 30 minutes to try to get my computer to act right and find a signal. And uh, I just had to keep driving. And this little spot right here, uh, I knew from previous times that I could get a, a signal here. But generally, I stay with my partner, my fishing partner for 17 years, Tony Casenza. As y'all know, he passed away in January and uh, Tony had his Wi-Fi at his house and uh, didn't 
we're not staying there. So the place that I'm staying is about 25 miles uh, the other direction and it doesn't have Wi-Fi and I couldn't get my phone to work. So I was bugging out and Joe was trying to text me and I'm trying to text him back. Nobody can find me, but we got it worked out. Like Joe says, where there's a will, there's a way. People. There's a will. There's there a way. you go. And in fact, I'm not in Albuquerque, y'all. I am at my daughter's house and I'm sorry, I'm not in Cimarron. I am in Albuquerque. So right. <laughs> uh, we're all we're all kind of trying to make this happen, man. So it's amazing what you can do with technology. But speaking of technology, y'all, I'm in a bit of a quandary now, man. So I, I just got done doing a podcast with uh, Western Contours. If you guys haven't heard it, uh, listeners go out and check it out. Uh, and, but the thing is, is one of the reasons he wanted me on there is because of my setup, my style, how I hunt. I've always been instinctive. I thought you were going to say your singing skills, man. recorded, So maybe his dancing skills. But he starts out is is Joe is you know um, if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. Shooting instinctive, blah, you know all that stuff. Well, a good friend of mine, uh, a, a former client. Just, uh, Chab just picked it up for me at the house. I'm not even there. I haven't even put my hands on it yet, but a didn't have any clue that, that, uh, this was going to happen like this, but a 2021 Hoyt Vectum RX five showed up to my house and my draw length and 70 pounds. And, uh, I'm like in a quandary y'all. <laughs> so it, it's happening, Joe. Well, you got a well, nuclear bow. I think I think it's funny how Joe and Chav have bows show up to their house and don't even know about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, nuclear bow. And, and like I keep telling people, I said I had to never change from double X seventy fives or never change anything if it wasn't for all these drug pushers, man, out there. You know? <laughs> yeah, That's you know, a lie, Joe. <laughs> I gave you, I gave you six arrows and. Then uh, you had I don't I don't think you've changed since twelve no. years ago. Been yeah. shooting, been shooting carbon expresses since then. Ever since then, man. So I'm in a little bit of a quandary right now. But you know, I tell you what, I'm gonna do what we've asked all of our uh, grinders to do, and and you know, and that is is uh, I'm gonna work at it, man. This person Pat sent me this out of the goodness of his heart. I'm not going to let it. I'm gonna try using that bow. I'm gonna try Thank doing you. different things. I'll try to figure it out. Um, I don't think I'll be able to shoot at fingers. That means I'm going to have to figure out, am I going to do a release? I don't really want to go to pins, but I, you know, I'll figure it out. I'm going to give it, um, if there's a will, there's a way we'll figure it out. And, uh, uh, Joe, you can make it your you can make it your hog hunting, deer hunting bow, where you come down here to Texas and come chase these wily hogs and sit up in a blind and actually shoot one that walks in, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, how the tables have turned! Yeah, we'll get it figured out, bro. But but Carl Damage is laughing oh. his tail end off up he in heaven. Got no room to laugh, dude. He bought that freaking nuclear boat before he passed man so he did. He did. <laughs> i know i know he's smiling a little bit uh, another announcement though is that uh, that i want to put out there that you guys um i don't know if you know that this has been in the works it might be a little bit surprised to the crew 
but we're going to start ending our show a little bit differently these days. So do you guys know who Tony Wintrip is? If you don't, Tony Wintrip is an incredible singer that sings a little bit different genre of music. Uh, most people call it country music, but what he does is he combines his two passions, hunting and music, man. And he does, man, this guy is just the bomb, both in the studio and the mountains. This guy, I mean, is legit. This is an elk slayer, Tony is, man. And he just has so much passion that he brings that to his music in his songs as well. So uh, COVID's been tough on entertainers. I mean, it's been really yeah. tough. And this guy is so good. And he's somebody that is absolutely blue collar. He's grinder minded. And he has all those traits that we the elk bros want to celebrate and support and you know with everything that goes on and and the fact that this guy represents our incredible outdoor life and all that we cherish we want to make sure that his voice his message is heard out there so i've had a lot of people i've had you boys man you guys have all been so great and helped me out and stuff and you know, I think we need to pay some of that forward. So, you know, uh, we want to help as a group. We want to help Tony out. And if that means we can play his music and introduce him to everybody else, I uh, threw it together, a video with for him um, that uh, is now on YouTube, using some of his elk footage with one of his songs. And, and uh, so we're always going to tonight and each time we're going to end our podcast after we say our closing everybody will get a chance to hear one of tony's songs as well okay oh, he's he's excited sweet. about this man and he just he loves our crew he listens and watches and he needs to do one spanish man for the vm hunters yeah yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you have to you have to work with him on that I'm, yeah <laughs> so what i'm gonna do right now is is i'm gonna go ahead and uh i'm gonna play uh his his video of one of his songs and you're going to hear it now and then you're going to get a chance to hear it again at at the end when we close out but uh get a chance for everybody to to see him front and center on this as well okay man so here we go tony wintrip The seasons come and they go away There ain't enough room to bottle it up And put the lid on tight People say I'm crazy and I self-destruct In September when the sun comes up And I'm high enough and I'm strung out on a bull So give me big racks and bloody bats Somewhere deep in the mountains, Jack it's where I think about this pain that I love I can smoke this thing just like a drug I'm addicted to big racks and bloody backs I don't get much sleep when I close my eyes Nothing but sixes with big G5s And main beams are long and mean And pitch stained black Nothing better than meat sacks, white and red. Bunch of points back behind my head. As I rock my head back and scream out, I'm on fire. So give me. 
me big racks and bloody backs. Somewhere free is where I'm at. I think about this pain that I love and I label myself as an elf thug. I'm addicted to big racks and bloody backs. I'm addicted to big racks and bloody backs. Wow. wow. How about that, that man? Great switch. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. So uh, yeah. if uh, for those people out there listening, if you haven't checked out uh, Tony's music, man, you can find him at Bull Down Productions. That's real easy. Bull Down Productions. That's a good right? not name, though. Yeah. Bull yeah. Down? Pretty killer. Yeah, we got to have a straight out of Elk Bros. Straight out of Elk Bros T-shirt, brother. Yeah, isn't that cool, man? Isn't that That's cool? cool? That's way. Yeah, cool. he's got a straight out of Elk Camp T-shirt. We need a straight out of Elk Bros T-shirt. Mm. You, you know, I've that's already. Go ahead. No, that's old school. That's yeah. straight up old school. You know, the, from NWA straight out of Compton back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I told him, man, I was like, you know, I think uh, for uh, for. Elk Bros Camp 2021. I think we might have us a Tony uh, Wintrip theme song, man. So, Absolutely, that'd be, that'd awesome. be awesome. Yep. Okay, man. So let's rock. Let's move on from here. Joe, you guys know what time shout it is. Out. Shout, shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Just shout out to a few cities with the most listeners topping our charts this week. And we got us a video shout out, man. Hey, everybody. Ooh. This is Mr. Richard Flock. Okay. So uh, Richard sent this in. And you know what, man? It's just this thing just, just warmed my heart. Here we go, guys. Hi, my name is Richard Flock. I'm from Springfield, Oregon. I'm up here in our wonderful forest, land of deer, elk, lakes, fishing, all that good four season stuff. I want to give a big shout out to the elk bros. I want to thank you for all the outstanding work that you've done on your training course. That course is awesome. It's one of the best courses I've ever been I've ever taken and keep up the outstanding work. You guys are hilarious. I love watching you. I feel like I'm right there with you. I'm looking forward to putting all that knowledge that you've given us to work. Again, thank you and shout out. Manano, you better get busy, dude. Oh, what's <laughs> amazing, <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was Way amazing. Cool. That's awesome, man. Doesn't that just do your heart good? Huh? Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. It touched me. So remember, all you guys out there, if you want to be part of our special video shout-outs, just get your cell phone and take a 10- to 15-second video of yourself in landscape view, 
this way, not Instagram view. <laughs> it's so hard to get people to change that. Tell us your name, where you're from, and include a home of whatever line or something special about your hometown. Then you can send it to me either through Elk Bros Instagram or email me at joe at elkbros.com. I'll make sure you get a link to get it to me. Come on, y'all. Show your face. Celebrate your place. Man, big shout out to Mr. Flock. Thank you so much for doing that for us, man. Uh, what we do means so much to us. Just to have guys that, that uh, give back like that, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much, Mr. Flock. Turner. Yeah. Great top, feedback. Top, top listening city, Gilbert. Crank your out. You bet, man. We're going we're gonna to start it off with our top listening city this week. It was once the capital of West Virginia before it was moved to Charleston. This city became known as the nail capital of the world. In, 19, in 1769, Ebenezer Zane claimed the land via tomahawk rights, a process to girdle ring barking, a few trees uh, near the head of a spring and mark the bark with, with the person's initials to claim the land. This is in Wheeling, West Virginia. That's what I'm going to start doing to mark the land from now on, man. I'm going to start putting my initials in all them friggin' trees out there. Ring barking. Yeah, so it's, it's called ring barking, man. So yep. they, they, they cut a ring, they girdle that ring around it, they and do. they put their initials. That's how they marked the, the area from spot to spot, you know, to... This, to year, that, this year, New Mexico, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have been leaving you have been leaving your mark everywhere, leaving drops <laughs> every every single place, man. Well I was gonna say I, I, I don't think ring barking would work in every area, New Mexico or Nevada or Wyoming. Man. No. You gotta have some place with a lot of trees like West Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Next up. Hey, Manana, wait, before you get started, dude, I want you mm -hmm. to see that you're second on the list right now, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to go down <laughs> to fourth on the list, and I want you to take a look at some of those words and who took that, that position where you were last time. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'd really appreciate it, Joe. <laughs> this is what happens, Joe. That's why he never grows. He's always got people babysitting so oh, oh, him. I've been doing shout-outs for the last, I don't know, eight weeks for yep. beaches. <laughs> It's it was enough. <laughs> it was enough. <laughs> okay. Okay, this top listening city got its name from the local Catholic church that predates the origin of the town. The Corner Bar, a historical restaurant that began serving people here in 1897, served folks in this city over 123 years until they finally closed their doors in January of 2020. Top attractions in this area include the Crow Hassan Park Reserve and the Buffalo Rocky Winery. The town motto is a great place to grow. St. Michael, Minnesota. St. Michael, Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, he cranked that out. He cranked that out, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Son Park. Yeah, 
<laughs> All right, up next. This city's location was a natural rendezvous for natives from the West Coast, northern Idaho, and tribes from as far away as Colorado. Soon, explorers and traders followed using the same trails, which eventually became part of the Oregon Trail. The discovery of gold brought a large variety of settlers to the area, which prospered when the railroad arrived. Joseph Alberston, founder of Alberston's Grocery Store, the Alberston's Grocery Store chain, called this town home. None other than Caldwell, Idaho. Idaho. Caldwell, Idaho. I'm fishing with Mike Albertson this week. Really? Yeah, Albert, he's heir to the Albertson throne. Are you oh. serious? Man? Yes, wow. You know, it was funny because when, when I'm reading this, you know, there's all this incredible history, you know, about explorers and traders and the Oregon Trail and all of that. And then I was like, Albertson, how cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> See, I hunt, I hunt with Beto, who fishes with Mike Albertson. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you met Mike Albertson, Luis. You met him in elk camp. Have I? Or in, at deer camp. Yeah. You killed your first buck and he was there fishing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's Mike right. I know you were talking about. Son. No, but I hunt with Beto. Who knows yeah. Mike Albertson? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> this city is located along the Anderson River and is home to a similarly named Arch Abbey Monastery and home to 80 monks. The original Benedictine monks came from, here we go, you guys ready for this? Einsiedeln Abbey in Switzerland. Einsiedeln. Did you get that, Manano? Did you Thank you, yo. Thank huh? you, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you got my back. <laughs> the city is located 55 miles east of Evansville. Among the top local attractions, aside from the Arch Abbey, are Monkey, wait, man, our Monkey <laughs> Hollow Winery. I thought, they, you know, because there was monks there at the Arch Abbey, and then it was like <laughs> our Monkey Hollow Winery and Huffman's Mill Bridge in St. Minerat, Indiana. Mine monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the oh, the monkey winery. Wow. My, my monkeys. My monkeys. My monkeys. I, I thought it was going to be a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Chap, did you mess up, man? Should that have been a monk hollow winery? No, that was a mon- monkey. <laughs> Indiana, wow. guys, man. St. Miners, guys, glad to have you in, man. Thanks for listening. You okay, guys. our. Our last city is a suburb of Jacksonville and one of the best places to live in Florida. Located in the extreme North Atlantic coast of Florida, 20 miles inland along the St. Johns River. It's a combination of top public schools, low crime rates, and owner-occupied single-family homes. Gives this area the look and feel of a Leave it to Beaver episode. An unusual fact is that every 11 out of 100 five-year-olds in Fruit Cove can speak Italian. And this is in Fruit mm-hmm. Cove, Florida. Fruit Cove, Florida. Fruit, Man, Fruit Cove, Florida in house. Beautiful place. Um, yeah, so my brother-in-law lives in, in Jacksonville. So we've, we've, we've been to Fruit Cove before. Oh, you're going to plug the pizza place or, or not, man? Yeah, yeah. He's got, he's got a few... Uh, Loop Pizza restaurants there. So you all go there, check them out. So, okay, your cousin, is he Venezuelan? My, he's my brother-in-law. Yes, brother-in-law. he's Venezuelan. Venezuelan. 
right? Yes. And he has a pizza place. Yes. What's the name of it? Loop. Loop Pizza. He's got he's got like four or five restaurants right now. Awesome, man. How many Italians does he hire, man? No, Neil, we're better off without him. <laughs> Just kidding, man. You gotta remember I, I'm I'm not, my my great grandfather was Italian. So. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Fruit Cove, Florida, man. We we went all over the US, man. We were in West Virginia, Minnesota, Idaho, Idaho Indiana, Indiana. Indiana, Florida. Wow. Pretty cool. Hats off. Thank you guys, Thank man, you. for all listeners. All right, guys, tonight. Part nine, this is the last segment of our Elk Bros preseason series. Remember, the goal of the series has been to give you guys our tips, our perspectives on how we do it, how we do things to get things rolling in the right direction for you and to help you have a plan. Man, guys, look at what we've done so far uh, in this series, what we've covered. We've done preseason tips and focuses, best week to hunt elk, increased conditioning for opportunities we've done situational prep we've done scenario training uh, mindset learning to paint with your elk calling last week was elk scouting focus goals and realities mm. and uh we keep getting all these emails about with tons of questions about our gear our clothes our setups and stuff like that and I've never been a real gear minded person and I know how important it is. And I know why people, especially guys that are coming out West for the first time, you know, I, you know, Luis, how much has your gear stuff changed since, you know, mm-hmm. you first started elk hunting. So I know it's important. It's just, uh, I, I really think that, you know, we're going to help with the gear, but guys, man, just keep learning, just keep you know, learning more about the animal, more about woodsmanship, do that stuff and, you know, get the gear that you can get. Uh, and, and you're going to see my gear tonight. So, uh, and, and guys, when we talk about our gear, uh, tonight, I don't want to just go, this is what we use. There's a thought process behind what we use and why we use it. And some of it's got some years of stuff behind it. And, and if we can kind of give why we do the things we do, what its purpose is and, why it even is willing to carry that weight in our pack or in our pockets or on our body. So that's something to keep in mind how we do it. So tonight, y'all, it's we're going to share the gear and the setups of the Elk Bros crew. This is how we roll. <laughs> and, and, and one of the things I was wanting to comment, Joe, it is also very dependent of, of the type of hunting that you do. Sure. Right? I mean, and, and most of the, the stuff that we're going to be sharing tonight is for the type of hunting we do. So yeah, explain um, that. What do you mean by that? From a base camp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're exactly. So um, we we have a base camp. We sometimes break our daily hunts into two hunts. Um, so that, you know, minimizes what we can carry in our packs. Uh, sometimes we do decide to spend the whole day out there. So, you know, what we pack is a little different. Um, and, and so you kind of have to go through the thought process of, okay, how long am I going to be in the woods? What are the potential situations that I'm going to face? And in case of an emergency, then what should I have? But it, it may be different. And also it may be different of what you're hunting and what kind of um, type method of, of harvesting you're using. If you're using a bow, your pack may may look slightly different than if you're hunting with the rifle. There are a lot of things that are going to be similar, but there are also going to be some differences. So, right. 
it, it just it all depends i i totally agree with you man because if i am backpacking into the back country for seven eight days mm-hmm. uh, my pack's going to look totally different Absolutely. Totally what we do because because y'all man uh if you know us we do not you know we're not back country packing uh, do we have gear so that if we need to stay out overnight for the yes. next day, yes. yeah, we can do that, you know, depending again on what the Weather. conditions, you know, I mean, if we yeah. end up with snow hitting the ground, we ain't staying out, man, we <laughs> camp, man. So, oh, you know, uh, we, we do a real good job of watching the weather too on yeah. a daily basis, you know, and knowing what's coming. Yeah. And so sometimes we, we don't have the means to get a good signal to see the weather, but these Zolio device that we use has a little bit of a weather weather report as well that you can pull in. And and we have evolved too. I mean, there's we have evolved as technology has evolved, as costs have evolved, as we as a group have evolved. So what you guys are going to see tonight uh, is years and years of evolution. Chad, I mean, think about when we first started this whole thing as compared to, I mean, there's a lot of things that we still have similar in our pack, but there's some things that are way different looking now, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Big evolution, especially in the technology area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, where I, I can remember, I can remember carrying big flashlights. You know, <laughs> flashlights were like daggum two pounds. And with them fat batteries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it was to the point where, you know, you didn't want to carry a daggone flashlight. And one time, Chav and I, it would happen. We're, we're actually deer hunting, and, and we get caught. I don't know how far we were from, from the vehicle, Chav. Were we probably two miles? Oh, wow. Was that up a sugar eat? Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. That one time? Yeah, we were at least at least two miles from the truck. And it got dark, and we didn't have any kind of light. And it, I mean, it was a dark night, no stars, nothing. It was, <laughs> you could do this, and you couldn't see your hand. It was that dark. Yeah, I mean, it was like it was like cave dark. You guys ever been in a yeah. cave before? Yeah, look, I feel that way just in a little darkness right now. My eyes are, you know, this last <laughs> couple of years, my eyes suck in the dark, man. Yeah. So that's why I carry a flashlight about that big yep. that will light up the world. Oh, yeah. It's like a million candle power. I mean, it's crazy. Yep. Um, I hit this thing, and it goes, it is super super duper bright um and you know it's a halo um a lot of you can get it anywhere but it's light it's aluminum uh but you put it in your pack and it'll run for a long time what about the battery yeah it's rechargeable got a rechargeable battery or you can run uh or you can run two uh three double a's in it yeah, I think that's a triple A, isn't it? Is it a is it a double A or is it triple A in there? Uh, you, so there's a carrier for it that you can run triple A's in, but I I run the rechargeable. <laughs> okay, yeah, awesome, man. So Gilbert, what we're going to do is, guys, we're going to talk about our packs, what we carry yeah. in it, and uh, uh, we're going to show two pack dumps. Gilbert and I both have a pack dump so that we can kind of show you some of the stuff that we carry. Uh, 
our our other guys didn't do a pack dump, but they're going to like. I want them to add in, you know, mm-hmm. something that they might carry differently. Why they carry it, uh, what they don't carry. You know, Manano I think goes with a bottle of water and a knife. I think that's what he carries. No, there is uh, a, there's a minimum requirement for me, and in, in, in that goes. Yeah, to, your minimum requirements to have me on your six safety for you. That's so. the most important part. I mean, I, I always either I'm hunting and. Uh, one day or two days i'm hunting always always with the minimum requirement for safety Which water water the leader of the venezuelan mafia that provides everything he needs a, a hammock <laughs> uh some sort of a food or trail wait, meat. wait 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 i just heard minimum requirements for safety and then i heard, <laughs> then i heard Damn. hammock Hammock, yeah, yeah, that's a safety. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know these boys have hammocks because I woke up from a sound nap and a long way from cap. And when I look up, they're in hammocks. I'm sleeping on the damn ground, and that's they're in I almost came with my knife and cut the ropes I don't, down. I don't. <laughs> that's, a of, that's a lot of hate, Beto, bro. Yeah, man. I don't do rattlesnake. I don't do rattlesnake. I like hammocks. Uh, hey, I'm just jealous that I ain't got one. The, the last time I was in Texas with Gilbert, man, there was a snake crawling through the tree. So, I mean. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Beto, you're 350 pounds, man. <laughs> there's, there's no hammock for you, man. Oh, man. That's gold, Manano. Oh, man. That's gold, brother. Yeah. I know they make. I'm there goes, in your hammock. There goes the leadership of the Venezuelan mafia right there. Well, yeah, you've been killing me with the, with the leadership and stuff. It's time to get some fire back to him. I got you. I got you. It's all hey, good. Hey, Gilbert, Gilbert, you can use mine. You put me on elk, brother. I'll sleep on the ground every day to get <laughs> Those got up our, my pack dump right here that's yep. uh, on the screen. And Tell us uh, a little got, bit about your stuff here. Yeah, look, guys, y'all can tell I, I carry a – the towel I put in the bottom of my pack for two reasons. When you kill an elk, it gets a little messy. Uh, I don't carry the big palpating gloves and stuff like that because most of the time we do the gutless method, right? Um, so we're not getting all the way up in there. Uh, I don't have the palpating gloves, but you can see my cleaning kit. I've got some some gloves, and then I carry wet wipes, uh, which are baby wipes, which make things clean up a lot easier on your hands if you get stuff on your hands. And then you see my bathroom kit down there. Uh, that's Elk Bro certified right there. Say uh, it, say it, Beto. Yeah, so say yeah, it. I, you know, it, it, it has everything the Elk Bros talk about. What, you, what do you have right there, Beto? When nature calls, you have to be... when nature calls, you have to have what you need, right? And look, guys, there is no, I mean, toilet paper is great, but when you can use baby wipes, it, it's it's King's X, brother. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. That's the oh, best yeah. stuff in the world, right? So, so, so there, there is. What, where's the name? Transformation, man. That that's like there's, you know, uh, we never. 
<laughs> What's the name, Beto, please? Oh, look, Brendan knows, man. Brendan knows. Big Black brought it out. Y'all have heard me talk the story about the man pond. It's in there. It's in every kit. If you need it, you know, uh, you got some leakage going on. Nothing. Nobody wants to have that leakage going on when you're hiking in the woods. It causes chafing. And uh, I'm telling you straight up, if you've never used one, you ain't lived yet. Because I'm telling you. You may need to change a gasket, bro. <laughs> hey, my gas is 50 years old, son. You're still like the 30s, right? So uh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not buying it, man. Man, I'm knocking on 60 here, man, and I I don't need. It Come on, Come on, Joe. You're saying you're you're saying your gasket don't leak. My gasket don't leak, bro, man. That's <laughs> a lie. That's uh, a lie. Go check it out, man. Uh, the grunt tube. You know, I, I'll start from right to left. We got the grunt tube there. I mean, that's where the magic happens. We make all our elk sounds out of that. Uh, you can see right to the left of it above there. All of my calls are there, uh, whether, you know, I use I use Primos, and I use Amp, and I use several different ones. I like using some to use. That's one right there is a bone collector call right there. It's a little squeeze call you put in your mouth, bite down on it, and it makes a really good cow sound and calf sound. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, and then that's a whistle and a light that, that strobes. So it's uh, more in my pack for safety in case somebody gets hurt. It's got a strobe light in it, and then it's got a really, really loud whistle. Um, you know, uh, down there are all my diaphragm calls, and then you go further down. Um, I, I've got two bottles of water. Generally, they're there in my camelback. But a lot of times I don't like filling my camelback because it gets cum cumbersome. So I just take the two two water bottles. Generally, like Luis said, we're coming out of base camp. We're out for a morning hunt, out for an evening hunt. Two bottles of water usually carries me over. Uh, and then you can see my radio down there. Uh, I do have a radio. A lot of times the guys and I, we try to use the radios if we can. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. But I carry one just and a lot of times we'll have a set time that we're going to get on that radio and talk, right? Or let each other know what's going on. Now we have the Zolios, so the phones, uh, the phones can work with the uh, text. So it's been really cool to have that tool. I mean, you go towards the bottom, you see my outdoor edge knife. That's a uh, that's that knife for the elk bros. I mean, that's what we use is outdoor edge equipment. You can actually see I have two knives in my pack. I have the outdoor edge. Uh, one on the bottom and then I have the the gut hook one and the other older outdoor edge knife up on top and they're very sharp and uh you know we use them uh religiously on our cleaning. You can see I have a, a couple pairs of gloves there um uh for hunting if it's gonna be I'm gonna be riding on my bike. Uh I have a mule that we ride a lot of times or a four wheeler and uh I like to keep my hands warm so I use them most of the time and then sometimes while I'm hunting it's super cold and I'll keep those gloves on. They're thin and they real quiet. Uh and then you see I got a big battery pack just above that. Uh that's uh that's for our electronics. So I carry that. It's real lightweight but man it'll charge your phone about five times. Uh, on one what does that pack. weigh, Gilbert? What does that weigh? That I bet it don't weigh six or eight ounces. And you know, it's really not that heavy. You know uh, what it's brand called that is? It's called a Poseidon. Do what? Do you know what brand that is? It's a Poseidon. Poseidon. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's it's awesome. It has an actual strobe light on it and uh, a flashlight on it. And then, like I said, it'll, it charged my phone 
for five days up there in the mountains and I never ran out of juice with it. Wow. That's um, pretty impressive. So, what yeah. Is this above here? Uh, oh, that's a, that is a, uh, uh, make it a bull crazy call oh, okay. from, right. from Primos. Okay. Uh, when we, when they're fired up and kind of, uh, got some whining cow sounds and you got a bull that, you know, that's kind of hung up a lot of times that little estrus call really make them, make them come to you. So I keep it in my pack readily available on my sides. There we go. Chav's got one too, right there. Uh, he's showing it up there. Um, and then you can see my cord for my phone or, or whatever, my GPS uh, that I keep on me. Uh, our phones now are probably good where I can lay that out, but I always want a backup uh, just in case something happens, you break your phone or what it, whatever, at least I've got a GPS with me. Uh, right. And then you see I, that's an extra release. It's the same Silverhorn Scott release that I use when I'm shooting, but I keep an extra one in my pack in case I forget one at camp or whatever it may be. I keep an extra release in my pack. And there's a bungee cord in case I need to strap something to my pack. Uh, and the pack that I run is a Badlands. Um, Diablo I'm trying to Do what? Diablo 2. Diablo 2. That's right. Yep. Uh, best pack I've ever owned in my life. I got a 10 Zig Fanny pack uh, that I like, but I can't put as much stuff in it. As you see, there's a Gore-Tex uh, sack up there, and it has my – it is a very, very light Gore-Tex um, parka and pants uh, that are inside. Rain, rain parka, right? Rain parka, yeah. yeah. And it's a it's a MT-50 Cabela's. So, yeah. That's uh, the rain parka that I have and pant, light pants that I have in there. So I carry all that in my pack. Uh, my pack weighs about eight and a half pounds uh, when I'm done with it. You know, something that I wanted to uh, to bring up oh, here. My, a, a my flashlight. Oh, and then, yeah, and then, then your uh, LED flashlight, right? And, and that's technology that has come a long, long way, man. You know, I mean, flashlights, the way they are now, the how strong they are, how they reach out for as lightweight as they are is pretty incredible. But I think the point I wanted to make is, is that if you listen to Gilbert, what he's talking about here, what he has going on is redundancy. You know, yeah. um, he, he's got backups for things, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's got uh, a GPS to back up if something happens with his phone. You know, he's got a battery pack that's going to work out there. You know, he's got a backup release if something happens with his original release. He has two bottles of water. <laughs> and look, let me tell you about water, man. You can take as much water as you want because the pack gets lighter as you drink it. So, yeah. you know, water and food, you should never skimp on because you're going to get rid of it, man. That pack, as you get more tired, that pack's going to get more light right yeah, and yeah. i do have i do have more I, I do have more that go in that pack my little pack of food that i may have mm -hmm. it's it'll be small be some uh granola and maybe a power bar or something like that uh uh and then uh i don't have what i don't have in there and it's at at my hunting camp is uh is my uh oh my headlamp so I always carry a headlamp with me and I didn't have my headlamp at home. It's up at the hunting camp. So I have a headlamp in there with me as well, as well as my flashlight. 
Yeah, and that that's the uh, Outdoor Edge Razor light there. And like Correct. I said, this is that's an cool. earlier model with the gut hook. Yes. And now they have a, a Razor Bone that has a gut hook that, Luis, exactly. you've used that is just phenomenal, man. That's uh, Yeah, it is solid, man. It's uh, it's a dream to use. So now, good. I want to tell you something about water bottles, why I got away from water bottles. But now they've gotten so flimsy, you can kind of do it. Yeah. But, the sound? Oh, my gosh, man. So I'm a sound freak, right? And mm -hmm. walking through the woods, if that bottle gets just right in your pack, it's like gagunk, gagunk, you know, as it moves back and forth. But a lot of these, after you drink, you just squeeze them till the water gets to the top and yeah, you tighten it up. And yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, you because because I'll tell you what the the camelbacks do that too, and uh, if you don't if you don't initially do that if you take the air out of them. Correct. So that's yeah. what I was going to say. You need to make sure that you take the air completely out um, when you you know when you turn it around and get the air completely out um, before leaving camp because and then keep that seal meaning. I tell you one thing that you, that happened to me was that when when I finished drinking, there would be fluid left in the in the little cord mm -hmm. <laughs> in the hose, mm -hmm. and then that fluid it would actually warm up during the day, right? And then when I would drink, it would be all just warm, nasty fluid. It would just taste horrible because it would be all warm. So I was like, okay, I got a solution for this. After I drink, I'm just going to blow up on, on it a little bit and make sure it just kind of put that fluid back. But then by doing that, I took that, that I put air in my back and then it was just making that glunk sound again. So I was like, man, it's easier just to drink it and spit it and then just keep drinking, but keep that seal with uh, airtight or I guess vacuum seal. Uh, and, and that's coming from an engineer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm explaining it to you so you don't make that same mistake. <laughs> so we're going to go to my pack dump now and um, – and what I want you guys to do is if you guys like when we get with my pack dump, if you have something different uh, and then we'll talk about your pack, things that you don't include, things that you do include, um, then you can kind of throw that in there. But uh, I use a Badlands day pack. I've had, it's kind of like my bow. I've used that. God, Chav, I, how many years ago did we buy those backland day packs, man? It's like. It's been a while. Yeah, and they're, over they're still really good shape. Yeah. And, and the one thing I liked about that I like about Badlands I, is that anything goes wrong with the zipper, you send it to them, they fix it. And I mean, wow. they, they have that kind of guarantee on them. And uh, so uh, the reason I always came back to this pack and Badlands has gotten away from this, but on the side, on the side belt, they have these large, I call them roof pockets. They're like, they, uh, they're large angle bellow pockets on the side that you can actually leave open they're kind of padded inside and you can drop stuff in it and get stuff out of it real quiet in their deep pockets so things don't fall out if if i'm going to sit down or or anything like that i i like to zip those up so i don't lose any gear but it really you know when you look at this luis luis asked me what'd you what'd you ask me earlier <laughs> you're like uh you yeah, were, I was like, man, Joe, come on, really. You don't put all that stuff in that pack. Come on. Yep, absolutely, man. <laughs> and and, and uh, actually, I don't have all that stuff in my pack. And, and I'll explain that as we kind yeah, of – Yeah, some in your pockets and stuff. So yeah. you'll see the grunt tube. Um, yeah. 
that's the hunter specialties mega grunt tube um i don't even know that they're you know if you're going to get one of these you better get them because i think production may have stopped on them uh you're not able to tell from the camouflage but they're they're ribbed uh and they're flexible it's a flex tube that's the kind of tube that we like to use uh three you can't see it because it's flat underneath of everything all that gear there but i use a rain poncho i don't use i don't like britches i don't like pop uh, i want something that i can put on quick because our storms in new mexico they like i mean you can be in good conditions and all of a sudden a storm come in and just it just dump on you for five minutes then it's gone or it could dump mm-hmm. on you for 15 minutes and it's gone you know uh, we don't get those like um rains like over on the west coast like oregon and washington that it just rains for what somebody told me they only get one rainstorm a year it's from like september till (laughs) december you know so uh we don't get that kind it doesn't rain sideways like that but i like a poncho because i want it to go over i just sit down i put it over top of all my gear um, my bows underneath of it, everything stays dry. We've, we're sometimes we've used it as a shelter to get underneath, uh, me and the guys there to do that. So it, and it straps on the bottom of my pack. It doesn't even go inside my pack that way. If it's wet, it's not going inside my pack and getting everything mm. in my pack uh, wet. So I kind of roll it up just like a bed roll, you know, that you used to see on the back of a saddle with the Cowboys. I roll it up just like that. And you've got those, uh, you know, you got those two straps on the bottom of your pack that most people have, and it just goes right there and it just packs it right to the pack. So again, I'm not getting everything wet. Uh, I do have a pair of binos that I carry. I have a pair of eight by 20, uh, Leica compacts. And, and I'll tell you this, you know, you guys have heard me say that, you know, Chav and I, we've always been kind of real budget minded as I go through this, you know, you see a pair of Leicas like that, and you're like, well, man, that's not budget binos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had those binos for over 20 years, and they were a gift from a best friend of mine that gave uh, Ox gave me those Leicas over 20 years ago. And uh, RC felt sorry for me and gifted me a pair of binos, and, and they go with me on every hunt. But you know, they're in that side pocket where I can reach for them. They're not around my neck. I do not like any kind of bino chest case at all when i hunt mm. now, when I, guide, I feel like it gets in the way of your draw yeah you know I, I i watch so many people look if you work with it and you practice with it it doesn't i mean you mm. can do that uh, there is there a chance it could you know if you're using a release it shouldn't you know with the finger shooter it might it just depends on your form but let me tell you why i don't is that we dress in layers, and one of the important thing about layers is as soon as you start to feel yourself start to overheat, you need to stop. You need to pull stuff off, roll it up, either put it in your pack, on your pack, so that you don't get all sweated up. Man, I hate to be hot and sweaty and wet because then, you know, you can end up cooling off too much, get cold if you get real wet like that, and it just it just adds to your 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 odor problem out there as well so if i'm wearing one of those chest packs there's no way that i'm going to be stopping and and then unsnap take it off and do all that stuff to get it just takes too long and 
right now, the way my system is, if I'm chasing an animal, and you guys have seen it, we've been on animals, and we're going up a hill, and man, I'll hear an animal, I'll get down to my knee, boom, boom, I peel off, I wrap, it's on my pack, pack's on, and I'm back off again. So, you know, uh, or if I need to put something on, it's it's it makes it easier to layer that way. And And I'm not speaking against those, I just don't prefer them. I'd rather have pockets on the side you know yep. something like that and i have no need for big binos now when i guide and i'm rifle hunting i yeah. wear a chest pack but Me you know it, it's generally october november when it's real cold yeah. and it's a whole lot different situation um i always carry and you look at it, I, I i have if you look at number five there um that's just a small tiny leatherman and uh, and I have an emergency whistle. And let me tell you, I can whistle so daggum loud that that whistle is not for me. But yeah. if I end up with a partner or somebody that gets injured and I got to go for help, that stays with them so yeah. that we can find them when we come back if we're doing something. Because sometimes it's hard to hear people when they're yelling and stuff in the woods if there's a little bit of wind. So uh, that's just an emergency high-pitched whistle that I keep for emergency situation it's extremely lightweight you don't even know that you have it in the pack on there um and the leatherman for all kinds of stuff that we use it but it's a real small one doesn't weigh anything um i and here's a big one guys because a lot of people ask us all the time like you know aren't you guys worried about you know what do you do when you get out there two hours before daylight or you're out two hours after not you know after dark You'll see in my pack, man, that I have basically four different lights in a way. So I have my headlamp, and then I have two LED flashlights. I have a backup. I'm redundant. Yeah. I, I do redundancy. And then this I other thing. Mine, Joe. It was in my door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in my truck door. <laughs> you know, that happens. Headlamps, man, are something that you use all the time, man, for all over the place but this this last one here this is an extremely lightweight flasher and so i can hang that in a tree and it'll flash a red light for hours and you know again when we hurt when we hunt in the afternoon and you get an animal down and let's say that you've got people that are coming to you or you have to go to a vehicle, get stuff and come back to the animal. It is so much easier, you know, to hang that flashing in a tree so that you can see that at a distance to get there instead of roaming around trying to figure out where in the heck you got animals. So that's something that is it disposable, taken. Joe, is it, uh, or is it reusable? It's reusable. What is it called? Uh, I'd have to look at it real. I all my stuff is in Cimarron. I'm in Albuquerque. We should have used that one when we uh, when we were trying to uh, uh, pack Manano's elk last year. Yeah, but I don't think we had any trouble with that, did we? <laughs> I was there, yo. Yeah, he we was were, with uh, me. So I was <laughs> I was the one carrying the meat up and down the hill. Yes, I did have trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't see where the crap. I huh? see something else in your pack that's never in my pack. It's always on my person, uh, but it's a and I, it was in my door pocket right here. Oh, so yeah. I tell you, I mean, I, it's in my truck, a wind snuffer bottle. You have one in your pack too, but I know you keep one on your person yep. as well. That's probably an extra that's in your it pack. Is. 
So I keep right. one in my pack and I keep one in my pocket. In fact, that's one thing that we're going to talk about here. There's some of this stuff that doesn't even make it into my pack. Like, you know, when Luis says, you know, about this stuff, well, you take a look. My range finder don't go in my pack. Yeah. I mean, these lightweight flashlights, those LEDs on my outside of, I have on the outside of my bellows, there's little slip pockets that those go in on the outside of the pack. You know, my knife goes in a slip pocket there. My blades are inside special pocket inside my pack inside there. Um, So, uh, and, and I have this lightweight saw as well. And man, I tell you what, I've used that for all kinds. I mean, on an elk, uh, if I end up having to go inside an animal or if I just need to take off leg bones or I've used it for cutting trees, setting up little blinds, doing stuff like that as well. It comes in, you know, when you're guiding, man, and 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 if you've been out hunting as much as I do, and sometimes I do end up out overnight, uh, something like that can become invaluable. Um, so. I have four different types of lights. I got those two form factors, the LCDs, and I got a flasher and I got a headlamp. One thing is I'm, I'm always covered as far as the light goes. And then I have a marking tape. I always keep some tape uh, for daylight, the same reason I keep the flashing light, uh, just to hang so that it's easier to find the animal. And I keep a, a compass in my pocket um, on my left side all the time because I am constantly as I'm moving through the woods, I'm always checking behind me to look. I'm always looking at my compass to see what direction I'm going. Uh, and a lot of times I'll, if I hear an elk and here's something, here's a little tip for you. If I hear an elk and I hear the bugle, I immediately look in that direction and I look at my compass in that direction. Now, when I start going, because it is so easy when you're having to go around rocks, trees, different things to get off in the wrong direction from where you heard that animal. And next thing you know, you're thinking, oh, he really moved. And he didn't move. You just went way too much to the left or way Mm -hmm. too much to the right. So I use that compass a lot of times. And here's another thing. If you don't have a compass, before you take off, look at the shadows on the ground from the sun on the trees if you have any shadows and always keep them the same or look at where the sun is. Is it up on your, you know, is it on the front quarter of you? Is it directly on your shoulder? Is it directly overhead in front of you? And use that to line yourself up to go to the animal as well. So that's, uh, that's just little tricks that I use there. I also, number eight, I also use, I use the outdoor edge razor light. You can generally like when the Monado and Lee's, Luis first showed up to elk camp and they still carry him because these guys, uh, that's their, their Venezuelan. They're like machetes. They're knives, man. They're like, yeah. Steel force knives. Yeah. They're, they're big, big like Rambo knife, man. Yeah. Yeah, but they're lightweight. Well, they're, we yeah, but we're, we're evolving from those with a uh, outdoor yeah. edge knives. Oh, yeah. That, that, it's just, uh, it's it just, Additional weight, big size, you know, something like that. But uh, a big knife is hard to work. If you do end up having to go inside an animal, it's real hard to work inside an animal with a big knife. You end up, you could cut yourself up doing that. So uh, these guys can tear up a pig with them, though, let me tell you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, you need some heavy-duty stuff when you mess with them pigs. But look, that outdoor edge knife. Oh, it's it changed the game how we yeah, have it's it. It's a game changer. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. It is definitely yep. way better. 
and and guys, it is the official knife of the Elk Bros. But before, and I'll tell it you, w- it wouldn't be if we didn't like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would. And and I bought each one of you one for Christmas before we even got involved. Yes, sir, you did. So, it. Uh, I, I loved them. Um, game bags. Uh, I have uh, some game bags in there. They're real lightweight. Sometimes uh, I'll even take them out and put them in the same, lay them flat on the same compartment as my hydration system. And that's what you see right there. Like my hydration system goes right next to my back. It's its own little special compartment. And in that <clears throat> compartment, I keep everything I want to be flat in there. So if yeah. I need to put flat game bags inside there to you know, so I don't take up so much space. I'll put uh, a, a contractor plastic bag in there, and I'll put my extra Ziplocs in there. And I'll put, uh, you can see this number 16, this waterproof uh, thing yep. with my tag inside of it. And it even has a lighter and just small fire starter stuff inside of that. And that will go in that flat area, too. Um, now, here's something that I never, ever carried in my life. And this was a gift, number 10. Uh, was a gift from Manano a couple yeah, of weeks ago. And, you know, it, it changed my life. I mean, this guy was, every time we stopped someplace, I'd look mm. over and in seconds, he, <laughs> is, he has strapped up a ha- hammock and he's laying in it and yeah, that's out, man. That's an, an, it's not an emergency uh, item. It's a, <laughs> it's a necessary item. Necessary comfort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty awesome uh, 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 well i don't yeah. know how many people I have ever hammock is nice I, I don't know how many people have ever slept in a hammock but i always thought yeah look at the size of it in Luis's hand right there you know i always thought and it's incredible i don't know how many ounces it weighs it's incredibly lightweight oh, it's, it's, and, really, it's unbelievable really, really how strong it is because i'm I'm 200 and uh, 220 pounds myself. And I mean, and I always thought that when you slept in a hammock, it was always butt down, head up, legs up. It was just awkward. I never, until I met Manano and Luis, I never knew that you could change. Yeah. You sleep across on it and, and you're actually laying perfectly flat. It's flat. It's just flat, but you have to cross. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to lay in it the way it looks. You kind of lay crosswise in it and you end up flat in that. And it's great to be off the ground, especially if the ground's damp or wet. Um, you know, I've been... And rattlesnake and around and water <laughs> moccasins. And Dude, we're in the mountains, so I don't worry about moccasins. <laughs> have we ever seen a rattlesnake up in the mountains, Chab, yet? Uh, no, but I have. Only seen one. Snake. What's that? I said I've only seen one, and that was just hiking, huh. you know, in our, in our backyard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Up. Yep. yeah. Only time, but never, never, never where we hunt. I've never yeah. seen one. Yeah, I've never seen and one. Hunt. I always bump into freaking snakes everywhere I go. New Mexico, <laughs> no. I've seen three or four. Not rattlesnakes, but seen snakes, and I just don't like them. I don't discriminate. I hit them all. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. He saw like a garter snake and it was like, it's a oh, snake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I if I can identify it and know it's not poisonous, man, I don't have no problem with them. I'll handle them, you know, but uh, I don't like mm. poisonous snakes. Mm. 
And, and I'll tell oh. you, um, I don't know if it's just me or how I do, but my hydration system um, generally is only filled up about halfway. And it has, what I like about it too, is I have an insulator on the outside of it. And so it kind of keeps the water from getting too hot or too cold inside there. And yeah. uh, I just don't, I don't drink a whole lot. I don't know if it's because I'm accustomed or I don't sweat as much or, or whatever happens, but uh, I drink when I'm thirsty but I, I don't need to drink a whole lot of water while I'm out there. I do not recommend that to guys coming out here, though. If you've never been out here, one of the things that's going to cause you to have high altitude sickness or headaches is lack of hydration. Yeah. And so um, I carry extra batteries and a Ziploc. I love Ziplocs. I have to have glasses in case I have to work on something close. Uh, that's happened ever since I turned 50. Uh, my diaphragm calls, I usually carry about six to eight. I use the, the Phelps amp black, gray Maverick, the pitch black. Um, I have, uh, a couple of, uh, Corey Jacobson's. I like the all-star. I like the contender, uh, especially for cow calling. So I, I use, and when you hear us talk about calling, I like to use different diaphragms for different things. If I'm going to be in real quiet, if it's real quiet and early, I'm using a real soft latex and I'm talking sweet. If it's a little bit later in the day or it's getting wind when I have to crank calls out there a little bit louder, I want a little bit thicker latex when I'm doing that because my sound has got to carry a little bit more. So uh, there's different purposes. Plus, if it kind of depends if the animals are being cow oriented or if they're being bull oriented and you're going to find all that out. So if I'm screaming on a diaphragm all day long, throwing bugles out, I got to have something with a thicker latex or I'm just going to start blowing it out. So that that's, that's something that I do with those. I know, I, I know what each and every one of my diaphragm calls do with certain calls because I'm working them all the time or I'm breaking them in so that I know what they look like all the time. Um, dry sack with license and tags. That's real important. Uh, I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I, I used to just use a Ziploc, but you know, family gives you stuff, things for Christmas and they gave me this little dry thing in there. So I recognize it's got blue on it and it just helps me organize stuff. So, and, and again, that's some of those things that have evolved, man, because our, our tag used to always just go in our wallet and our wallet and our pack and, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, and until you've fallen in a river with your pack, that's not very cool. But um, I, we here's a big game changer for us that we used last year. In fact, Luis actually introduced me to this, and he had one. I had one. We split it up between our two hunting groups out there uh, this year. But that's that Zolio satellite communication device. And let me tell you, oh, well, you guys, what did you think of the Zolio? Unbelievable. Really, really good. The way that we were able to communicate and text each other where we had no data whatsoever. In fact, we were in a situation where we had uh, Luis's animal went onto private property and uh, we ended up having to text the whole time. Uh, the landowner. Yeah, the landowner to be able to get permission to get in there. So it was it was really critical in that situation. Um, wind checker, I always keep an extra one. The game changer call, you guys see that down there by number 15. That game changer is, and I have never figured out whether to call it a call, a grunt tube, a diffuser. I mean, so hmm. basically, uh, 
it is a like a miniature grunt tube. In other words, you have to use a diaphragm call with it, and you're going to call into it. What was so cool about that is inside it has these baffles, these latex baffles that are built into it. And if you call from the small end to the big end, it 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 makes your your noise louder. So it acts just like a grunt tube, but it's a miniature. Um, uh, footprint man it's just a small yeah. form factor that and the reason i keep it is because one time i was hunting with the bros there and i i don't know what happened i think one of them threw my grunt tube off the four-wheeler back at camp so i couldn't find it and uh and i think they threw my my calls out too i, I you gotta watch these guys man they're they're, they're something else man and, and and then i think luis did it because you know he's like wanted to see me use one of his used diaphragms right yeah so yeah yeah so anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, since then i've made that's, yeah, that's that's the only reason why you were able to call that bull for me <laughs> had to use my diaphragm <laughs> so it, it, the in case that happens if it ever happens now i have not knock on wood i have not lost a grunt tube in a long long time uh, and, but I will attribute that <laughs> to having Monado. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And, Jeff, and, you, I, and you knock on wood so seriously too. Like, yeah. yes. Like, yeah. geez, shameless, man. Have you had to pick up my grunt tube for me after I've left or? <laughs> uh, a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couple I have. No. But it's amazing that, that you've been able to go back and actually find it, even though it's camouflaged. So, yo, man, Brandon picked mine up for me a couple of times this year. I, I don't know, we were in a little set and then we had to make a move or something. I left it on the ground and he's like, here it is right here, man. I'm, like, I'm oh. always picking stuff up for Joe and Manano. <laughs> <laughs> Manano, Manano left his hat with his GoPro behind. Well, so, he, was, yeah. he would have gone back. He was going. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. There is a bear. There is a bear that ate my hat up by my kill because it ain't no longer, <laughs> it was no longer there. And the only thing that had been there was that daggum bear. So he ate my hat. <laughs> so if if you use our system of carrying a grunt tube, you will never lose a grunt tube in action. In other words, if you're right. If you wear it around you and you're and you're calling with it, it's always going to be moved so that it's on you. So in action, on a set, working a bull, you'll never lose it that way. When you lose a grunt tube, the way we do it is when you stop, you 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 lay down to take a nap, or you sit down to eat, or you're cleaning an animal. You're you know you're working a bull. That is the best time. And and here's what I'll what I tell people to do is something that I kind of practice as, as we go is when you get up to leave someplace, you go through what we call the post pat down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know where everything should be. It's yeah. like, binos, yeah. grunt to pack, you know, <laughs> check your, you, you just kind of do that pat down to make sure that you have everything in the place where it's supposed to be so that you don't forget it. But that's generally when mine ends up getting left in, uh, I start running my mouth and I forget things and get up to leave. 
these guys will they'll like snag it off the ground too so i don't see it i i've got no not true (laughs) not true (laughs) that is a blatant lie right there So the reason I carry the game changer is, and, and there's two reasons, is one, if I ever do lose my grunt tube, I still am able to call elk. And secondly, if I need to, if I'm in a situation where I really need to make it sound like I'm farther away than what I am, if you take that game changer and you turn it backwards and you blow from the big end into the small one, it diffuses the call to make it sound like it's further away. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, something, that's something I really appreciate about it as far as that goes. Um, so my glove sets, you know, my glove sets are in my pockets. They're not even my pack. And, and what you see there is I got my thin gloves. Those are usually on me. My fleece gloves are generally in my pack. And those fleece gloves have a place for the fingers to go through it. So I'm able to use my hands like regular and it's just enough to keep wind and cold off your hands and keep them warm uh but what i like about them too is when they're in my pack they become gear compression i stick stuff in those that i don't want banging around or making noise inside my pack okay and uh 19 is my uh that's that's my uh med kit ace bandage gauze athletic tape uh hot spot stuff for your feet band-aids and i started carrying hotspot i've never never had a blister wearing tennis shoes hunting in the mountains 
never. And I was wearing boots guiding, uh, and with a buddy of mine, Don Primley and got the worst daggum blister and, and they were boots I had worn, but it was just one of those deals where you're side healing all day. And it yeah. just kept working that same spot, that same spot. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have any of the hot spot. Luckily Don did. And he saved my butt with that man. So started carrying that hot spot. Ibu and Tylenol uh, can help you when you're out there. Uh, our neck gaiters are is something that I really love. I neck gaiters will keep you warm. They can be used, they can pull be pulled up as a face cover to camouflage your face. I like to also wear a spandiflage. I use a half face spandiflage netting. I don't like to paint up. I'm a deep poured son of a buck, uh, and uh, if I paint up my face, um, I won't get it out for like three weeks. So. Uh, I never do that. I always use either a gator or I use. Nana just likes to use lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Oh, my goodness. You're a makeup guy, Manano? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a closet makeup guy? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, 22 is my ultimate predator decoy. Again, it doesn't go in my pack, it's between my back and my pack. And it's that's one thing life. that I've always been afraid of is like, if I ever put that, that decoy, just like the way you put it between your backpack and your bag, mm -hmm. man, I'm afraid I'm going to lose it halfway down the trail. Not even know when I lost it, man, but you know, yours, for some reason, it stays there. Well, it stays there because the roundness of it on the side, mm -hmm. where you're going, especially on a, on you, you're thin enough, man, that your hip, your hip belt that wraps around you uh -huh. will not let it go through. Oh, I see what you're it, saying. It'll let it be behind your back, but it won't let it drop any lower, man. It ends up in a in a in a cradle right there. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So uh and you know, I don't want a decoy that I gotta take my pack off to get to. I want to be able to reach, pull it out, deploy it, and we're in business. Otherwise, yeah, right. you know, your your decoy is only as good as how quick you can deploy it. All right. Um, and I love the ultimate and, and how not transparent it is. Right. Well, and that's one thing <laughs> nice about these. They're not real transparent. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, stocking cap. Um, you know, I this year was a year that I really started carrying that. And that's more usually just a morning or if you end up sleeping out at night, that stock stocking cap is, is huge out there. Yeah. Uh, my kill kit. I am allergic to elk blood, so I always use – isn't that crazy, man? Most people are like, what? <laughs> I, I wear sleep protectors, keep it on. That way with whitetail deer. What's that? I'm that way with whitetail. Are you really? Yep. Wow. Make big welts come up on my arms yep. and everything. Absolutely, so. man. It's crazy. And I'll carry extra Ziploc court bags inside my kill kit because after I get done using my knives, um, I don't waste a lot of time getting water and trying to clean things up. I'm pulling off my gloves. I roll that up. I put it into a Ziploc bag, zip that up. That's my trash. I put my knives in a Ziploc so it doesn't get everything in my bag all bloody, and that's all good. And then you see 25 there is uh, – that's my toilet paper. Now, Man pond. I was right there. <laughs> I was given a man pond I'm, I'm kit. I'm offended, Joe. I made you a kit. Where is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, for Joe's. It said specifically for Joe's leakage. Yeah. Leakage. Yeah. So, yeah. 
What? Did you say lickage, bro? Ah, no. You, you misinterpreted, Joe. That's where your mind is at. That's not what Let I'm me saying. repeat it. It's called man pawn. <laughs> Google it. Now, I want you to know my, my gifted man pawn that Gilbert made for me that has my name on it. Yeah. I still have it at the house it was, in full it was, condition because it, it is it was extra from, large. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was too big for me. <laughs> and and it, it's going to go into the Elk Bros. Uh, you know, you know how you have Museum. like archives, Hall Museum. of Fame, you know, type yeah. thing. Yeah, it's going to go in one of those things for for the, the archives. You can't have it there used, Joe. We all know you used it. <laughs> it's not used, bro. Y'all have that problem, not me, man. So, uh, one thing you don't see pictured here, you don't see my spandiflage head net. Uh, I carry 50 feet of paracord. The contractor trash bag you don't see, the extra Ziplocs. My cell phone, all of our cell phones is a huge item we always have mm -hmm. with us. It's your camera. It's a GPS. It's a light. Uh, it, it, ha it does so much for us, man. And, oh, one thing that I didn't, and I don't have my granola trail mix so that you can see it. And we mentioned this at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. We use socks in a way that most people... Uh, I've introduced all you guys to this, right? Yeah. Chav and I have been doing this for years because, again, I'm a silent freak. And, Luis, you might be able to – can you demonstrate it, man, what we do with that? Do you have one? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on, Luis, and you can kind of show them. But I, I always carry an extra pair of socks. And, you know, we'll use granola bars or we'll have oh. – um, uh, granola and uh or you can even get some of those things that are in plastic and when they're in your bag they make all kinds of noise and so what i do is man you carry a lot of junk in yours <laughs> that looks like some of the bulls i've seen in New yeah, that looks like a like a bull nut <laughs> oh, hear that? Yeah, you hear that? Yeah. You hear this that? is where I keep my wipes. And one third of this is for me, one third is for Manano, and the other third is for Beto. Beto's <laughs> dumps are dangerous. They create radioactive ways that kill everything around it for they years. They are they are dangerous, <laughs> definitely. So show us what you do with the sock with that, man. So like that sound that you hear goes away when you just put it here. <laughs> That's a bulldog knot right there. You turn it, flip it over. Turn it, flip it over. And it's tight as can be, man. Yeah. And then you minimize that sound. It doesn't no make that sound. sound anymore. Yeah. yeah. So that was an aha moment for me, Joe, when you taught us that, man. That was yeah. pretty cool. And that could be granola bars and candy bars. Yeah. And what do you have in the other sock? A tent? <laughs> oh my God, man. I got, I got, uh, I was hunting by myself pigs this weekend. So I have two cloth cheese. I had, uh, uh, 
gutting gloves, my uh, my sharpie, my tie wraps, and so all it that. So became in a there. total kit inside that yeah, one. Yeah, it's this is a whole cleaning kit right here. Yeah. So one thing that I tell people okay. though is I like to use the extra socks that I wear so that if something happens where my feet get yeah. wet or something like that, I can uh, I can then switch over and 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 use those as well. So. Uh, that's something to, to think about. So it's a great way to compress food or gear inside your pack so it doesn't make any noise. Yeah. So, so Joe, I got two questions for you. Uh-huh. Uh, one, what does your backpack weigh when you got all that stuff in there? Uh, Chab, I, you know what? I have <laughs> never weighed my pack, but I guarantee you. I guarantee, you know, it's a lot heavier than mine. It's like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee you my pack's not 25 pounds. It's not 20 pounds, man. I, I would say that it's someplace right around 18. 16 pounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And the other question, um, will you put uh, your your uh, your list and Gilbert's on uh, elkbros.com? Yes, absolutely. Academy. So Mine is all. Uh, Gilbert's going to have to list his out, so I can put on there. Mine's already ready uh, to be to be put on the site there, so it'll absolutely be put on there. Now, uh, I've only talked about you know my kit right there. So, uh, what about anything different that you guys do, Luis Manano Chaff? Well, I'll, I'll go first. I don't have a whole lot different, but uh, you use that uh, flashing light. Uh, but they make these little things which mm-hmm. you probably yeah. gave me for Christmas. <laughs> you know, it's that uh, you just break it in half and it, it, it lights up for six hours. Yeah. And uh, that's that's something there. And then sometimes we use these, and they're just oh, yeah. that uh, shine in the dark. And, you know, for you, when you're in an area where there's a lot of roads and stuff and you're in a hurry, uh, they'll kind of help you guide the way. Yeah, so, you, so like camp, we had to turn into camp, right? You put them like on a tree where we had to turn yeah, into yeah. camp or something. Yeah, like we know where camp is. Mm-hmm. And then if you have anybody, and I don't think we, we do, anybody that snores a lot, you know, these might come in handy. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, I don't keep them in my pack, but I do have them in camp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, I agree. I was going to say, I, I start every morning with, with – with, uh, uh, camel mask, and then as it gets hotter, I take it off, and I have my camel cap in my backpack. So that that's a little bit different. And uh, I do have uh, three different um, Badlands backpacks. I use the heavier one in the morning because we're not sure if we're going to be out there all day long. And I take uh, the lighter one in the afternoon. And you know, it is kind of inconvenient to change some of the stuff from one pack to the other. But uh, I, I carry a lighter one in the afternoon than I do in the morning. Right. About the only difference, I think, with some of the stuff. Yeah. What about you guys, Luis Manano? I use a, I use a pursuit. It's called pursuit uh, Badland. It's a medium-sized backpack, and I and I always carry the same, either in a high mountain or here in Texas in my tree stand. So the basics. I mean, for safety, and um, and if I'm gonna go to the, you know, our L camp, and we're gonna spend at least a whole day, I always make sure to have at least at least couple of I don't know sandwiches or so to right. spend 
the, the entire day or even even two days on the, on the mountains. Right. So that's really important for me to have all the time because you don't have when when you don't have you don't know when you're gonna have the the when you're gonna need that basic stuff. That's why I always carry my backpack with with you know with the basic stuff. I don't have a my backpack weights. Uh, I don't know thirteen. 14 pounds mm -hmm. it's really light mm -hmm. yeah. it's really really light uh and uh and i always i always use Luis's stuff <laughs> yeah, we all know it yeah, yeah. it's all right but well one thing you miss my pack my pack i only use elk hunting i don't use my pack for anything that is my elk hunting pack and i don't use it for anything else yeah. uh, i use a i use a bandolier type pack if i'm deer hunting or hog hunting or something else uh but i don't i don't know i just got my own elk hunting gear and it's used for elk hunting and that's all i use it for well manano you carry you you pack a pistol as well well that's in and only in the high mountains okay On, yeah. yeah i don't I, well here in texas too but, but i mean it's and the waking up yeah. yeah, so I um, that's my backpack stuff. A, a few things, um, just in general, not my case, but show you know, your obviously, pack there, man. Show your pack. Yeah, my, mine is the Super Day, and it's a uh, huge ugly. I just backpack. like, I just like the fact that oh, it has to be big enough to fit all your stuff in it, man. That's so, not very uh, big at all. It looks like a, a woman's purse. It's not big, yeah. and. Uh, and it, I like it. I like the side pockets. I like the accessibility, like you said, Joe, yeah. to have those pockets yeah. on the side, so that way you don't have to take your backpack off or ask, Absolutely. or ask Luis to get reach the stuff in your backpack to give it to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, these are. It's pretty solid pack. It's really good, and like you said, they're they're warranty. It's pretty heavy. Awesome. It's I do carry, I do carry my poncho at the bottom as well. Yeah. Uh, just like you do, Joe. Yeah, so but, show uh, that again. So show everybody where your poncho's at. Yeah, it's right here. So it, it's so easy to just simply unclip these two guys right here, and now the poncho's ready to be used. Here and I rig, I rig mine that way too, Joe. I just had it all in, in one little gear pack. There you go. Uh, but I rig this mine one, This one has a cool feature that you can actually open up a little base here from underneath, and you can actually um, – rest one of your the bottom cam of your bow on it yeah. and then just strap it on the right. front and then that way you can just carry your bow strapped on your back you know um that that's a whole nother conversation but man i'm not big unless you're going from point unless to you're, point. yeah unless you're packing or yeah. something like that and you know you're not going to use your bow anymore because uh yeah uh i and we've had that happen to us that when we had that bear coming at us manano yeah. has it had his bow strapped in his pack yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, while we were hunting, kind of the same thing with the phone, you know. You well, all the know thing, the, the thing was, I yeah, didn't yeah, have any tag. You, you all understand <laughs> L tag from? I didn't yeah. have any L tag. Yeah, but you had a bear tag, and the bear was coming. You pay your well, bow was bad. And you, guess what? And guess yeah, what? You always yeah. were like. Yeah. So anyhow, medicines you for people what we go through, man. This is exactly what we go through. <laughs> so, so, so if you if you take medicines during the day hey be mindful of your medicines don't forget your medicines at home right yeah. um same thing as your glasses if you wear contacts bring glasses as backups 
Uh, also, uh, Joe, in your case, your hearing aids, right? I don't know if you got backups for your batteries and stuff like that, but anything that you use on a daily basis that you know you're going to need in the mountain, just to I be keep mindful. A, I keep an extra pack of contact lenses in my backpack, too. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I always carry a little uh, scotch. Yeah. Or whiskey. <laughs> I, I didn't show it, but Big O's got well, to have his mask with him. You have, it, Big O's I mean, you have, have to say the truth, Beto. As, that's the truth. That, as long I as, always uh, carry whiskey. As long yeah. as it's legal. Yeah. So check the regulations and uh, on your well, on the land that you're hunting. I'm a lawyer, man. Because I can't yeah, get you out exactly. of trouble. <laughs> no, you, you get people more in trouble than you will get them out. No. But, uh, uh, another thing is, look, in our case, uh, camera equipment. Right now, we didn't yeah. talk about those, but you know, Manano and I care our GoPros. Um, you know, our phones have been proven to 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 film very good. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to use have a small tripod that you're going to be using setting it up, I mean, you just got to be mindful if you're going to be filming. Also, yeah. what equipment you're going to be bringing. I know you did mention the lighter, Joe, and um, uh, the range finders. Lighter, bro. The ninety-nine cent one too. 99 cent that you know we we show you how important your lighter was when we brought ours okay so uh the range finders obviously um i i, I use those. my range finder as a binocular sure i don't, I don't carry a binocular correct we I, I don't carry a binocular either either um also uh what this is actually props to uh one of the very few times I'm going to give Manano props. So Manano, enjoy it while you can. So uh, Manano uh, gave me this idea of putting this little cord on the very top of the back with a little carabiner here at the end. So the cool thing about that is, is if you're going to rest and you're actually hanging your hammock, you put this around the tree like this, and then you clip, and then you clip it back the carabiner back on the top of your tree and this is just stays hanging on the tree that way you don't have to put your pack on the floor if it's wet or anything like that if you want to keep it uh high ground so so this little rope with the carabiner is actually super useful and you just kind of leave it like that on your pack and um I just hang mine uh, on a huh i just hang mine on a branch yeah that again but it gives you the optionality if there isn't a branch then now you have this little rope that you can put it around okay. yeah because i don't have a hammock i use my backpack as a pillow <laughs> yeah well that that works too uh beto uh, that's pretty Whoa. that's pretty ingenious right there beto Over, wow. you sound angry would... bro you sound angry man <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i think that's genius man that he's using his backpack as a pillow <laughs> Impressive. i wouldn't have thought of that <laughs> so you mentioned it joe handgun i don't know people instead of they may not be allowed to carry handguns but bear sprays if they feel like bear spray you know makes them feel a little safer uh, keep that in mind. Um, I like to carry. Remember, I come from 10 degrees above the equator. I get cold easy, and I like to carry a little of those uh, hand warmers, those little things that you open up and shake up a little bit and you put in your pockets if your hands are cold. And especially when I'm hunting sitting on a tree stand, uh, I yes, sir. There you go. Hot hands. Chavez showing it right there. And then 
tie wraps and sharpies. A couple tie wraps, uh, depending on how your tags are. If you need to, you know, wrap it around your the antlers or whatever. Um, tie wraps are useful. Two or three of those in the pack, and a sharpie, something to write with if you want to, if you need to sign or write something on your uh, permit or your tag or anything like that is always good to hear. Yeah. And, and a lot of those should be pre-signed guys. Most of your license should be pre-signed ahead of time. And all you have to do is notch. So it just depends. Check your regs in your state when it comes to that. Yeah. Here in Texas, we got to write out the tag on the back. So that's yep. why we always carry a Sharpie. With Sharpie. Us. Right. Okay. So let's, let's move on to our bow setups, man. Yep. Uh, and uh, because I think three of you guys pretty much have the same setup, right? Oh, yeah. So tell well, us about y'all. Close. close. Yeah. Well, I got a oh. nuclear bowl, <laughs> a Matthews, that Luis down the road copy for me. So it's a 70 pound. <laughs> don't, don't laugh. That, that's the truth, Luis. I've never had your model of bow. Never had the same model of bow as you have. Never yeah, have. Okay. So I think Luis has the same model bow I have. Uh, Copy from Betos too. And look, it the bow Luis has is special. It is Carl Gamage's bow. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, okay, that it one. Is Carl Gamage's helium that I that I gave Carl as a present, and so that bow is super special. Um, it's the bow I shoot. I've shot mine for a very long time. Um, I shoot a Matthews helium. It's about right now I'm pulling about 72 pounds. Uh, when they checked it the other day, uh, at the bow shop, um, I shoot, um, Easton full metal jacket arrows. I shoot two types of broadheads. Um, I shoot, uh, a muzzy trocar, a uh, hunter grain. And then I shoot a, um, uh, it's called a blood sport reckoning, uh, but back in the day, Terry Hartcraft built the broadhead. It's called it was called the Hartcraft Deep Cut, and I shoot that broadhead, the Trocar, and then the the Wasp Pavlon. Uh, I shoot all three of them, and the reason why I shoot them all, like I shoot three of them, is they all fly the same. Uh, they fly really good in my setup. Uh, I kill uh, everything I shoot at with it. Um, blow through big animals, small animals, pigs. Um, it does really good for me. I shoot my bow out to 80, 90 yards. Um, I, sh I shoot a, a six-pin spot hog sight. Um, and then, I mean, I shoot a, a Scott release. That's a, it's called a Silverhorn. Uh, I have a Matthews spot quiver uh, that's a six-arrow quiver. Uh, and when I'm elk hunting, I carry five broadheads and one field, one judo point. The but judo that's point, my... man, is that's I, I think, man, that's uh, I think everybody should have a judo on their bow, man. Well, you know, in in New Mexico, when we're hunting, the cool thing is we're around those uh, those uh, grouse, mm -hmm. and man, you come up on them and they're good to eat, man. Yes, sir. You know, so uh, it, this it, you know, and it's great practice and good fun. Uh, so I keep that uh, judo point in my bow, and uh, it's good practice. Like Joe said, we're stump shooting or whatever. It's good practice. And one of the things, guys, early in the morning that I do when we when we first strike out is I draw my bow. In that first hour of daylight, I want to hear if I got any little creaks or moans on my bow. 
like Manano has on his own. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, buddy. I was about to say it. You just that out of my day, mouth, man. man. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I always break mine over to hear if I have a, any in, any sound or or anything goes wrong with my boat. You know, uh, guys. I, and I, I, for me, I bring a backup bow when I go elk hunting. Uh, it's real easy to slip, fall down, you know, cut a string down or something like that. One time we had Pat Pat Salvo in camp with us and his bow, like something way, way wrong with it. And I had to rig my bow up for him to shoot. You remember that, Joe? Mm-hmm. He was shooting 40 yards right some somehow. And uh, so I brought a bow that most of the guys in our camp can shoot. Um, you know, we're I have a little bit longer draw length than most everybody, but they can get past that. Uh so that's it, man. That's my setup to a T. What uh, about, well, you know, I see a lot of guys with real long stabilizers on their bow. What about you? No, mine's real super short, man. It's a super short one. Uh, it's uh, made by Axiom, and uh, it's got all of the Matthews dampeners in it uh, that they that they use in their risers and uh, and also on their, on their uh, limbs. Um, so... It's re- it really helps quiet my bow down, and then the heavy arrows that we shoot help quiet that bow down. And then I have monkey tails and cat whiskers on my my bowstring. So you, uh, you're just saying on your main string, um, yes, sir. Your finger string, you have cat whiskers and monkey tails on. Cat that. whiskers and monkey tails. I want my bow to be quiet. So you want that? You don't want that drum sound at the end there, right? Exactly. Job. What about yours, man? I could go next. Uh, well, I got a gift a couple of years ago from Gilbert. <laughs> and that's the uh, uh, helium also, right? Yes, sir. And uh, I found an interesting thing the other day. I've been shooting for about a month now. And, uh, you know, I used to shoot a, P, a PSE uh, with fingers so and, and sights. I kind of got used to that. So when I got this, I started shooting it the same way except that I have a, a kisser button right here. And lo and behold, last week, I, I figured out that I had a peephole, which I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got it with a peephole. I, I got a little bit better, but, you know, you, ha- you had that uh, incident happen where that peephole turned. Well, yeah. I can shoot it with a peephole or without, and it, not much of a difference, maybe about yeah. – an inch or two. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, so this yeah. is a setup. So basically, has been shooting with a peep on the bow, not using it this whole not time. Not using it, right. And, and nailing stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, so, that's crazy. Yeah. So you, no, Chav, that, that little... bow with fingers, Chav? What's that? No, oh, no, I use it. No, no yeah. this one I went with a release. I, right, I changed, right. I changed I was everything. like, man, that bow was set up for a release. Yeah. Yeah, no, I use a release. Yeah, if, and uh, pretty accurate, with with or without the peephole. But yeah, it makes it, it does make a difference. <laughs> now, Chaff, kind of quick question for you, Chaff. That that little string you've got, the black string there that is tied to the peephole. Yeah, I'm. I believe that's to keep that 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 peep from turning right, right. when you draw. Yeah. Right. Yeah. that's the function. Of it, but the funny thing was, it came off. I noticed the peephole when this came off. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and then I said, oh, there's a peephole. <laughs> so in, I was in, able to trim it and put it back on there. Um, in your pack, you probably ought to get you some more tubing to keep it in your pack. Yeah. Right. And, 
And I use probably the same kind of quiver that uh, Gilbert has, I think. Yeah. Snaps on yeah. and off, except mine's only a, a five arrow quiver. Um, and uh, I got the monkey, two monkey tails on the main string, but it's pretty quiet. She's pretty quiet. You know, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, a quiet bow for sure. Yeah. And this is probably, it's a 70, uh, probably maximum 70, but I probably shoot uh, under 60 right now. That's the setup. Awesome. And I think setup, Gilbert's yeah. bow, and it's really thin, thin limbs. Yeah. It's and light. It's really light, super light. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you what, man, Chav's, uh, he's back out to 40 and making it happen, man. It's, uh, awesome. he's doing good really doing good <laughs> he told me he goes you know i have a peep sight <laughs> so i was like yeah I, I know you have them because up on there, but you, that's I mean, awesome, somebody Jim. that's never used um the shot fingers and and never used uh, uh, a release that was a big deal him going to a release and he yeah. had never used a peep before we've always shot and he used to shoot fingers and just instinctive so you know you give up somebody a a bow like that that's never experienced that and uh it, it's foreign some of that stuff so yeah i thought and he's like man i use that peep site now and everything lines up really good <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, sure. that's the idea man that'll tighten your group up yeah yeah anything different <laughs> with you guys manano luis yeah so mine setup is better than manano's everybody <laughs> knows what it. he says <laughs> and uh so no i shoot uh the vxr 28 uh it's 28 inches axle to axle i got it currently set up right at isn't that a crossbow man 28 inches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's oh pretty short it's pretty short it's and then uh um, it's like a child's bow man 28 and uh it uh i got it currently uh right at 76 pounds um it uh I have a drop of seventy-five. Yeah, but that when when you try to tune it and you you make sure that the cams are timed and all that stuff, sometimes you have to mess and turn the cables and and the string a little bit. And by turning the string, it just compresses it a bit more and it just yeah. gives it that little extra edge. So it, it really lying, for God's sake, it's lying. No, no, I'm I'm teaching you. That's what I'm doing. Um, and uh, so it's right around 76 pounds. Uh, so, but yeah, they're, they're limited to 75. I got a drop away uh, rest and uh, it's, it just, it's one of the Matthews drop away rests uh, yeah, I used. QAD. Yeah. yeah. What did that say that again? QAD. I'm the QAD Pro Hunter. Okay. Yeah. So the Q QAD makes really good rest aways, uh, drop aways, rests. And uh, they make these for, for, for Matthew specifically, kind of for this bow. That's um, right. And then I have a, the release I use is a True Fire release. And um, the stabilizer mine is eight inches mm -hmm. long. And um, it's a Trophy Ridge stabilizer. The site I use is also a Spot Hog. It's got six pins and uh, it's got a dovetail. It can be removed, you know, you can take it out and put it back in. Uh, I'm super happy with that. It's, it's an older version of the Spot Hog. Mm -hmm. um, and it's called the Hoggit, the older version of the Hoggit. And um, that's basically it on the bow. 
and then y'all know that I, you know, I've geeked now, out all night to go on the arrows, bro. On the arrows, so to to keep it simple, I'm shooting the series uh, Apollo shafts. They have turned out to be great, and uh, I I'm using the A Boyer, either the 200 or the 250 grain. Um, two blade single bevels and depending on which ones I can find because sometimes they they're out of the 200 grain uh, with 100 grain inserts and they're half outs and then also I use the nocturnal knocks and uh, using the Q2i uh, veins for the uh, for the arrows so this is all like bow porn to me man I, I, I most of the yeah, have right no idea head, what man. he's talking about just like that, man. But you know, it, it happens when you have people make the arrows for you, bro. Yeah, I don't know what I what I'm carrying, but I I do know that I have fun in the woods and I kill elk. What? <laughs> there you go, man. And I have fun not in the woods building the arrows. <laughs> and oh, and I want to tell people too, seriously though, if you want to learn more about uh, Luis's arrow making and his adult arrows arrows that he's that he's producing and working on. He did a whole piece that's on our Elk Bros website. I mean, on our uh, Elk Bros YouTube channel where you can get a lot of information. This guy just uh, does a great job with stuff like that. And uh, uh, I'm glad we have people like Luis that does that because I don't want to. Uh, so <laughs> it, it, it's great to have people that uh, that that do that. And, it, and he's really enlightened us with a lot of that. So... Uh, I know it's changed a lot of my thinking. He's about well. he's about to make me some arrows. Yeah, <laughs> pray on it. <laughs> pray on it. Any, anything for you, Manano? Anything different? No, I carry I carry a Matthews. Yeah. Uh, he don't know. Uh, he don't vertex. know what he carries. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I believe it's a Matthews Vertex. Mm -hmm. It's twenty seven inches. It's really small too, seventy pounds. Uh, twenty twenty nine twenty nine and a half draw. Uh, uh, draw length a uh, I don't know really, uh, I don't know it's like 2019 model I think and uh and uh, I have to say it's really accurate Luis <laughs> it's really accurate I've seen it missed a lot <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah I have missed a few shots I, I'm not going to go a whole lot into into my setup because basically none of you guys are going to have it out there uh, because I, you know, um, I shoot a Hoyt reflex caribou. It's probably 42 inches axle to axle. Uh, I shoot about 70 pounds, probably no way. Bow's got to be a hundred. <laughs> probably about 270 feet per second. Um, I couldn't tell you what my arrows weigh. I do know that I use, uh, I have a 30 inch draw with a 350 um, carbon express that I use and I use, uh, I've been using wasp tips forever and I use, uh, the hammer 125, the wasp hammer 125. Um, and the bull I killed this and, year and, at 60 yards. And it was made and it was made in 1985 or 1982. What? My bow? <laughs> Your bow. No, my bow is only 15 years old, but my bow has, I has 15 kills on it. it has one for every year. So I, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to get rid of something like that, man. So, 
Well, those old by bow terms, right? right my, sure. It just keeps killing elk, babe. So I'm going to keep slaying. That's right. Gonna, yeah. that's that's right. And that's like my wife it, but, said, when, but, before I got this bow, Manano, um, me and Chad were out hunting and, and my bow blew up on me out there. And so I'll tell you, um, guys never travel in an ATV, UTV ever without having your bow in a case, man, because yeah. it doesn't take yeah, anything major. If you get mud inside um, your you actual groove uh, and you go to pull, it'll That's roll it. your cable right off your cam, yeah. man, and it'll blow your bow up. That's what happened to me. So I learned a lot. Only that, part. Joe. It also, the the bouncing of that bow, it happened to me a couple of years ago. Um, it, it will your It will mess up your sight. Yeah, I, I would yeah. imagine. I, I never had to worry. My my pins uh, never move, so I don't have to. So, worry Joe, about are you gonna are you gonna start using the nuclear one? The well, one? like I said, man, I, you know, you better uh, rig it up, Joe. You better rig it up and get it get it going, man. I'm, just join, just join the crew. Yeah, <laughs> man. You guys are man. You just like peer pressure, man. Peer pressure. Get on, <laughs> get on or get. Left. I have asked you the same question three times. Are you gonna start using it or not? I'm gonna like, use it, bro. Absolutely. It's I, like I refusing to use the internet here in 2021, bro. I, I, I don't know what I'm gonna be hunting with next year, but I am going to be giving this a shot, man. Absolutely. Oh yeah. But. Uh, it's and, a great bowl. One thing I do differently um, than a lot of people is is I I always have moleskin or something all along my face uh, in in my uh, um, in my shot window. Uh, it, it it's always uh, got moleskin in there on the shelf so that if an arrow falls off it and it taps it doesn't make that tink noise. Um, I also I put cat whiskers on every cable so i have three on the top three on the bottom and uh i i might lose three feet per second doing that but my bow ask these guys my bow is quiet man when i shoot so i'm kind of a silent freak enough to let you take a second shot most of the time yeah 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) when i have to i can take one man And, and it don't take me long it don't take. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. have. To, I don't have to flip up my my rest, and, no. and, and I don't no. have to twist my. I don't have to twist my uh, peep yeah. sight. Yeah, you know, I don't have to do any of that. Stuff. Nobody's questioning none of that. I'm just saying it's quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, that, that's pretty much our, our bow setups and and what we have unique to it. Um, a lot of that. If you guys listen to those bow setups, you basically heard. You know, I, Chav shoots, he'll probably be, you know, when he's usually up elk hunting, it's about 60 pounds. And, uh, with the bow that he shoots, uh, that 60 pounds and, and with the today's bows is a whole lot different than what it used to be. Um, but I, I always try to recommend guys, if you can get to 65, I recommend that you don't want to over bow yourself to where you're struggling. Uh, but if you can make that jump, uh, by strengthening and shooting, then that's something I recommend. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting, uh, close to time here. We probably have about another 15 minutes. We're going to kind of, uh, I'm just going to hit this real quick. With our mode of travel, we're using 
uh, we're going into a base camp. So we're either using vehicles to go long, long ways if we move. But a lot of times we don't move our trucks when we get there. We're usually ATVs or UTVs to get to an area to then use our feet. We like to move into walk into areas uh, if possible is what we're wanting to. In fact, if we can, we like to walk out of camp, man, if we can. And uh, so... I think a lot of people leave their camps with a lot of elk around them thinking they have to go someplace else. But uh, that's how we get. And I tell you what, if I could afford an e-bike, one of those doggone e-bikes, man, uh, I, I t- I'd have one. I, I think that is just a great way to get out and hunt elk, man, uh, in the yeah. hills, to be silent. Check your regs uh, again, because some places, uh, some private land, those are uh, any electric motor motorized vehicles are not allowed yeah yeah again check on like in some uh non-motorized national forest but where we hunt if you can use an atv or utv yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course so yeah that's not an issue as far as that correct um so that's how we travel and as far as what we wear you know we each kind of remember it's going to be a layer system we talked about our rain gear already you know we're using the ponchos um you know, Chav's a hat guy, and he likes to wear one hat in the morning and keep his cap, you know, for the afternoon. That's something that, that he likes to do. We all, yeah. um, not all of us use face covers, or do we? Do all you guys use face covers? Yeah, I do, yeah. I know Gilbert. No, I don't like face cover. Yeah, well, you, you know, I mean, as ugly as y'all are, it would help, man. So. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Joe. No, I, I, hey, I, do I wear one, man. I wear a face cover. <laughs> I have a spandex. I have a spandex one that I wear when we're, you know, when we're in the elk and stuff like that. I wear it. Uh, I believe in them. I turn my hat around backwards most of the time when I'm getting ready to shoot. Um, and I, I wear a, a layered system, Joe. Yeah. I wear a merino wool undershirt or or a undershirt that wicks away much like a dry fit undershirt mm-hmm. I, I wear that and then i wear a uh normally a button up cotton you know like a cotton twill or something like that very soft material and then i wear a vest i wear a core four element vest uh it's very quiet uh and it's very warm uh it's got a a really nice layer of uh fleece on the inside of it and it's super quiet and super warm and i that's all i wear in the morning because i sweat like a madman when i go to walking man and uh you guys you guys know exactly what i'm talking about you you hear the mafia already laughing because they know i want to say it but i can't (laughs) anyway i sweat like crazy man uh going out of camp and so i don't less is more for me i was actually underdressed this year uh when the snow came because i know i know by beyond a shadow of a doubt that i'm gonna get hot when i start walking so um i start out real light and then i always have my my rain gear on my poncho or inside it and then most of the time i will put a fleece pullover hoodie uh, either on or in my pack if I need it, right? But uh, I, I like fleece. Uh, it's quiet. Uh, yep. And then my, ba- my 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 base layer, I wear a base layer uh, merino wool uh, under like uh, underwear, and then I wear I wear a Nomar 
uh, pair of underwear that's like a, a lycra, but it's like moisture wicking and uh, boxers. And man, they are a game changer, buddy, because you stay dry, you don't get chafed. Uh, it's it's amazing pair of underwear. And then my socks are the most expensive thing I got on, man. Those socks are like $30 a pair. I mean, but they're Cabela's really good socks. Uh, I've recommended them to some of our Elk, our Elk Bros listeners, and they've emailed me and go, oh, my God, those socks were a game changer this year, you know, because your feet take a whipping. You know, you got all them volcano, volcanic rocks that jump up there and grab your feet while you're walking real hard through the through the through the volcanic ash. And uh, I mean, they'll jump up and knock you down and all kinds of stuff. So you got to have good socks. You're not ever walking on flat surface, so your feet are constantly squishing in your boots. I wear a, a real. I, I bring three sets of boots. I wear one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and have one as a backup because I have had my soles come off of my boots before. (laughs) So, and a good pair of boots, too. So, it can happen to any of them. But I wear a a pair of boots in the morning, and then I let them rest, and I wear a pair of boots in the afternoon, too. Right. Um, With regards to the face cover, Joe, uh, normally what I do like to carry is that neck gaiter. Right. And uh, and then just use it as a face cover if need be, especially when we're riding on a bike um, in the mornings, you know, when it gets really cold or at night when you're coming back and it's actually gets really cold and the wind hit hitting your face. I really like having that neck gaiter to cover. cover. I actually have a face face mask that I keep in my mule. Yeah. So that's what I I use. I I can wear that and man, it keeps my face uh, warm, but I tell you one thing: I don't like the neck gator when I'm calling elk because I can't get my oh, tooth yeah. up there, yeah. and I can't yeah. have that. So I have a face mask that pulls down, and it has a hole for your mouth, and I can actually leave that face cover on and call and do whatever I want to do with that face cover yeah. on. Yeah, the, the spandiflage helps with that too. Spandiflage, yeah. I'm able to call with it, you know, like that, and doesn't bother bother me when I'm calling, but I know Monado yeah. put the face cover over too. Chad, I, just, I just, I just don't like anything on my face when I'm, when I'm about to draw the boat. Like one of the things I didn't mention, I have that Bomar nose button and just, you know, it, I, I just feel like anything on my face kind of changes the anchor. Right. That's, that's good. Chad, anything different that you wear? No, just uh, socks are important. You know, even uh, you if you buy some uh, waterproof socks, you know, it's, it's a big deal too, especially yep. if you're wearing tennis shoes or, or your uh, Gore-Tex has worn out, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's real important. Look, not that we're sponsored by any of our boot manufacturers out there, but I wear a pair of Mindel boots and I wear a pair of North Face boots that are very light and a pair of Merrill boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that are very light yeah and uh sometimes at camp i will bring my cabela's pinnacle snake boots so but I, I i'm not we're not sponsored by any boot manufacturer but all of my boots are gore-tex yes all of them so i i wear a pair of uh new balance tennis shoes they're basically trail runners that and, is a uh, truth and that is uh, the truth. Yeah. And, and most years it was, it was my running shoes that, you know, uh, I had already like blown out because I didn't have to worry about tearing them up while I was elk hunting. I do have a pair of, uh, I do have a pair of good 
boots that I've had for a number of years now that I wear in bad weather. So if it's snow or it's real bad mud or something like that, you know, where I'm going to get jungle rot on my feet if I, you know, but, uh, I mean, I, over the years, like Chav said, we buy $16, uh, cycling socks that are waterproof cycle socks that are comfortable, man. And they don't, they don't, they don't rub your feet wrong. You don't get blisters and they keep your feet dry. Uh, so I've worn those with my tennis shoes as well. And I, you know, um, I, did you wear any socks underneath those? Um, socks? not, it depends, man. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. And it depends on the fit of the tennis shoe. In, in other words, if I'm going to wear, uh, two pair of socks and it's going to put pressure on my toes so that, you know, it hurts my feet. I won't do that. So, uh, that's but it's what I love about the North face boot that I wear the hedgehog is that I don't have to wear two pairs of socks. Yeah. I can wear one pair of just regular uh, hunting, you know, good, uh, good merino wool type sock, and your feet stay so comfortable in that thing because they stay dry. Yeah, and they I'm stay- the opposite of Gilbert, though. I mean, I wear, I wear regular Dickies, um, you know, just regular socks, socks and uh, in my shoes, and uh, I, I'll also sometimes like what you're talking about, Luis. I'll put a pair of, I'll put a pair of those water, uh, those biker socks over that, and I'll take those biker socks off after I get done hiking all day, and my mm. my Dickies are are dry as a bone man it's just it's really nice man they they let that let that come through like that so the boots that uh, we've used are some boots that manana looked into uh the salamon and uh and they're man they've been we've used them for the last what three years now manana and we only use them for that trip and man they're good um they're comfortable and they're light and they're pretty stable as well and they're gore-tex so yeah we um, I'm very happy with those. I'm actually thinking of buying another pair just to bring him as a backup. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, man, uh, we're, uh, we're hitting time here. So we're going to save our Elk Rose mailbox again. Just one of those deals. Uh, Jason Keith of Montana, Austin Dyke of Northeast Oregon. You guys are on our list. You guys are up next. Uh, I'm sorry, next to be able yeah. to get that. Y'all nuts. Uh, yeah, y'all are nuts. <laughs> so, uh, we'll get you next time. Gilbert, close us out, bro. Yeah, guys. Hey, again, awesome content with what the elk bros walk uh, on the face of the earth when we're out there in the elk woods using, uh, you know, you got Chab, you got the Venezuelan mafia giving you all the tidbits or what they like to use and uh again we'll get back to our elk bros shout out or our elk bros mailbox and our questions uh next week for sure guys if you like what we're doing please subscribe rate and review us you got to go to apple podcast or itunes to review us and you can check out more elk hunting content at elkbros.com and just a reminder if any of our listeners would like their questions answered on our show, just send your question. I know we didn't get to them this week, but we will next week. Just send your questions to info at elkbros.com. Joe, myself, all the guys, if you send those questions to us, we do a real good job of sending replies back to guys that ask us questions about all kinds of different things. So we appreciate y'all doing that. We need those ratings and everything. So y'all go and, uh, and, and, definitely give us a real good rate and five that five star review if you like us if you don't be nice uh we we know that not everybody likes us but you got to be nice uh you know uh we want to 
definitely thank everybody tonight. Thank Joe and uh, all the, the mafia in the house sharing. Um, that's what we love to do is share what we like and what we do definitely out in the, out in the elk woods. And, um, Absolutely. You know, like we say here in South Louisiana at this <laughs> undisclosed little parking lot that I'm in, husbands, kiss your wives, wives, kiss your husbands, hug your babies, keep your broad head sharp and your powder dry, and we'll see you next week right here on Blue Collar Elk Hunting. And y'all. I know my bow is better than yours. <laughs> closing out That's a lie. Tonight, <laughs> closing out the show tonight is our friend Tony Wintrip with his song, Big Racks and Bloody Backs. Good night, y'all. Peace, peace. Good night. night. I'm finding myself in a vicious way. The season's coming to go away. There ain't enough room to bottle it up and put the lid on tight. People say I'm crazy and I self-destruct. In September when the sun comes up. And I'm high enough and I'm strung out on a bull So give me big racks and bloody bass Somewhere deep in the mountains, Jack It's where I think about this pain that I love I can smoke this thing just like a drug I'm addicted to big racks and bloody bass When I close my eyes Nothing but sixes with big G5s And main beans are long and mean And pitch stained black Nothing better than meat sacks White turned red Bunch of points back behind my head As I rock my head back And scream out I'm on fire So give me big racks and bloody backs Somewhere deep in the mountains, Jack it's where I think about this pain that I love. I can smoke this thing just like a drug. I'm addicted to big racks and bloody backs. Bloody backs. I'm addicted to big racks and bloody backs.